BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Content warning for immigration issues and human exploitation. I, I was really struggling with how I was going to break this into pieces. Mm-hmm. And I think I figured it out now. I'm, I'm doing it as migration, like going through the actual migration to the border first, because basically it's like trying to reverse engineer why all of this is happening in the first place. You know, there's all of the like the news propaganda about like these dangerous caravans and all this shit. And then they end up getting so vulnerable at the border. And that's where a lot of women go missing, but a lot of women go missing before that Yeah, on the trip. And it's, it's just like the saddest fucking like existence. And it's just really sad that they're again, just like the poorest people are taking all the brunt for all of the corrupt governments and people are villainizing these people who are like literally just like, please can my top, can my child like get, get hospital care? Like, it's so fucked. Yeah, it's corrupt governments. And also, I don't like a lot of guys. For sure, but a lot of the people who are in these caravans are young fathers. Like, truly. I mean, like, because a lot of the guys in those surrounding areas, I assume, are, like, kidnapping the women or taking advantage of the fathers. Well, they are, yeah, there's cartels yeah. all along. I don't like those people. Well, no, they're n- not good. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> the, bad. It's like they have to, they face all of these cartels on the way and then are faced at the border with corrupt people at the border who are doing like they do this on this journey that is like beyond comprehension and then they get there and then they're just like you know assaulted or like their kids are stolen from them and all this shit at the border of our country and that's like the end of the line of the worst shit like that it just sucks like they just had to go through so much to even get there wasn't there a rumor of like oh some of those kids aren't those parents and there's no way for us to check so they could be smuggled in yeah i'm going to basically get to that section probably in the next two episodes because i want to talk about way down below where that happens um basically trying to figure out like how this all occurred a lot. Another one of the misconceptions is that it's Mexican citizens doing this, and it's like it's not. South Americans. It's mostly South Americans, but it is some Mexicans as well. But it's beyond South America too. Like people are doing this from China, all, all different countries, like trying to find this thing in America, and it's it's just tragic because it's again, 
it's government corruption that is causing all of this. They are they are so afraid of where they live that they're just like, well, if I die on this route, at least I tried. It's better. Well, shit. So. All right. What do you think? How are your, what, what plans? How do you fix it? How do I fix it? Yeah. Um, I think women and children, they can go wherever they want, that they feel safe. I am scared of men, but that's my own personal past trauma. Mm-hmm. And that's something I have to work on. But like random men, I don't, how I do don't we, like. How do we fix it? How do we, uh, uh, how do we make everybody have a nice house? A happy time? Yeah. I don't know, because anytime America's like, we're going to go in there and give them freedom. I'm like, you're going to fucking bomb them. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Do you mean? I don't know, Natalie. I'm not, in a, I'm not a, a very bright young woman. You are very bright. And um, it is. The, the complexities of it are so, so vast because there are already so many difficulties in getting to a better future alone. And then when you add on top of it corruption and greed and people who are in government positions for themselves only. Yeah. And there's also a lot of American investors that are like business owners that are like, yeah, let's bring them up. I'll not give them a union job. Oh, for sure. I'll like pay them below the minimum wage. And that's not good either. It's not. But it is work that those people are dying. They're they're literally dying to get it. They will they will do literally anything to get those jobs. And it's jobs that uh Americans wouldn't want to do, frankly. A lot of farming. I hear there's a lot of farming places that are like, we're not, we don't have people like signing up. We don't, we just don't have the applicants. Mm-hmm. That that happened in Florida recently when Ron DeSantis was doing one of his little fucking political stunts and um, all of the construction labor kind of just stopped because they were fucking with the immigration laws down there because they're all people who came in undocumented. And- God, and see, I want them to have like a, even if you are an illegal person working here, you should still be given of course. a viable work experience. Absolutely. Like, don't put them in a hot room with a big bulky outfit. No. You know? Give them laws and like 100%. a break, please. Absolutely. And in that DeSantis doing those like stunts, they did it as a protest to be like, oh, you don't want us here. Oh, we're so terrible. I guess you don't want your buildings built then because that's yeah. who's making them. Right. So they all like just put all their tools down and were like, Oh, yeah, we're the problem. All of us doing the fucking construction. Yeah, we're the ones causing all of your fucking problems, not the shitty government. Sorry. It's not the people within your fucking government doing. No, it's the fucking laborers are the right. big problem. Um, right. It's like my mom calls me from Mississippi and she's just like, I don't know how you can wash your clothes. I don't know how you can wander around. And I'm like, I think that about you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that your government because she watches a lot of like the the news that's really loud and boisterous and yes. sells buckets of food. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, you got those people have corrupted their well so much. They don't want you looking at their well. They yeah. want you looking at our well over here. A hundred percent. We were just talking. We've talked about food buckets a lot. Cause we were just talking about Jim Baker on the stream last right. night because of. Uh... I kind of want to get a food bucket and like see what's up. I mean, get one. Put some money. Line that man's pockets. He right. is. He needs it. Yes. Yeah, so do they taste it. good or anything? I I do. I am curious to be honest. I, I if anybody has any food bucket get a bucket experience, right. please let us know what uh what those are like. God, the food buckets. It reminds me of when Hurricane Katrina hit, and I was in fucking South Louisiana. We had these MRE kits. The what's, meal. It's like the, a meal kit from. Uh, the military, and oh. they're 2,000 calories, so you eat this and you're full all day, right? And yeah. it, it doesn't have to be refrigerated or anything. 
But I was so like nitpicky with calories. I was like, I can't eat my MRI. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can only have the corn. In my my because that was your early twenties. In my early twenties, I would have equally been like, oh, I have to watch it. I can't have my my yeah. my meal supplements. Like, girl, there's a national disaster. <laughs> eat the corn pudding. Who cares? Well, I guess I'll have to do four extra squats today. Then, yeah. it's like, girl, you're gonna die. You're gonna die. <laughs> this is like over. At least a I can be hot when I'm dying. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, that's 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 bleak. If at least you guys, I guess it's good you had food supplements or whatever. It wasn't given to us from the government. It was just from like neighbors. Oh yeah, they just had extra. Don't worry, they preppers. Yeah, I mean sometimes preppers come in handy, right? As long as they're not kidnapping uh, children. Yeah, and for the second coming, taking them to Canada. That was a news story that happened last week. Yeah. Um, so sad. Yeah. Do you really think he was in the car just like, wait, we're not going to CC's Pizza? <laughs> well, yeah. Wait a so minute. So that family, that was connected to Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell and Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrand, if you'll recall us talking about that during Parasocial Exploitation. Another LDS family connected to all of the same people and the same doomsday prepper books um, kidnapped one of their family members, a minor who was a son, they thought he was like the harbinger of second coming, the second coming. like he was the one and they were trying to kidnap him into the forests of Canada and they lied to him. They told him they were taking him on a birthday trip. <laughs> Where's the balloons? Yeah. And so it was like a 16 year old like football kid at one point just being like, Oh, I thought we were going to like water park or something. Oh man, where's the birthday cakes? A bunch of trees. Where's yeah. the duct tape for? So we can laugh about it because he was found safe. Sorry, <laughs> he was found safe, so it's okay. He's all right. Everybody's fine. But um, yeah, it was. That's fu- that's a crazy thing to do. You have to trick a sixteen-year-old because you think he's the son of son of Jesus' son's butter buddy best friend. Right. I don't know what he's supposed to. I be. mean, he does look like like a Hercules. He does look like a stereotypical like blonde curly hair and from the little because a lot yeah. of it's blurred out and it should be because he's a minor. Yeah. Um, but he does look like you know if I were in like a crazy cult, I'd be like, all right, yeah, of course he's oh, second he looks coming. like that. Yeah. yeah, he looks like you could like. Lift stuff. Yeah. Jesus the weightlifter. <laughs> we'll be talking about a little bit of Jesus in this episode. So this new subject we're covering, to say it is vast and overwhelming is an understatement. Um, I've put you know time in on this series, but I'm in no way even remotely near an expert or even really a, somebody who can contribute to the conversation. But why we cover stuff like this, like I've said before, is we don't want to have to be experts to want to know, right? So that feeling of ignorance about a huge topic can make you want to like just be like, I don't know, uh, uh, it's too much. And then it just keeps happening and happening. Yeah. And then there's a lot of women going missing. Yeah. It, it, women and there's a lot of kids. This the, the problem with these children is is absolutely horrific. And, you know, so let's learn about it. Um, okay. <laughs> and please don't take me as an expert on... The southern border crisis. Well, um, you know, you're you're still learning, and I would consider you more of an expert. And we're we're going to stream on this and have like guests on. And we whatnot. will. Yeah. We will expand upon it quite a bit. Um, and I've been calling we, since we had this topic lined up for a long time. We've been calling it the Missing Women at the Southern Border series, but it should have been called something like Missing Women on the Migrant Journey because um, it's a long path from South America. Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe all of the danger that's happening 
outside of the border is not the U.S. doing the dangerous things. But I think it's relevant to understand what even getting to the southern U.S. border entails and how after such an impossible trek, then getting to the southern border and facing the most sinister forms of people like, you know, many of the villains along the journey, like cartels and stuff, they're. There's not an excuse for what they're doing. No, they're bad people. I don't like them. No, and they of should go away. Yes. But there's a light like like a light level of understanding that they themselves are coming from desperation. Not that again it's an excuse, but it makes more sense to me when it's people at the border who are authority figures, uh even some of those who are tasked with care for migrants doing the crimes, doing the taking, doing the assaults. That is it's in the most evil form of it because they are not because they're not suffering. If you're coming to the border and you're a border agent, you're not coming from destitution and poverty and like war torn areas. That doesn't make it okay for somebody to do something bad. But if you come from that sort of background, it makes more sense to me if that if that. Okay, so it's still not okay, but it's a little more understandable, I guess. Yeah, like it's still bad. It's still just as bad, but it's. It makes more sense whenever it's somebody who's coming from an, a, a position of authority, who has a government job, who is not struggling to survive and is acting out things on vulnerable migrants. I think that's one of the grossest things I can possibly imagine. OK. You know, like and I'm not quite privy to what the gross, horrible things are at the border, which we're going to learn. Yeah. There And a lot of it has never been dealt with through the legal system completely because it's a whole huge problem with these – the migrants coming in are seen almost as like less than human. And so there's not as much follow-up. But in later episodes, we'll talk more about the claims that have been made, the accusations that have been made against specific people at the border, um, the certain policies that were put into place that were like inhuman that – even though, yeah, Trump did horrible shit, he's not the only president. No, like, people like to scapegoat him as the bad guy all the time. And there's been other bad presidents. For sure. <laughs> he he enacted a, a really horrible policy about separating kids from their parents at the border as a form of punishment. What? Um, that only lasted for a bit. But the... the crisis happening at the border, whatever you want to call it, I think the crisis is like sort of an inflammatory statement about the poor U.S. citizens, but it's actually a crisis of humanity at the border, in my opinion. Um, That doesn't go away with president by president. Like, that exists throughout. There's, you know, there's there's peaks and valleys of how fucking evil it is, I guess I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah, but that is all to say, whenever somebody's coming from not a place of desperation and hurting, it's a little bit gross. It's just a little level grosser to me. Um, Part of it comes... Like I just said, from the dehumanization of these people, um, again, with the Trump, you know, like they're not bringing their best. They're ra- they're bringing their rapists. You remember that whole statement, that thing. But again, that's not an exclusive Trump issue. But the zero tolerance policy he did was fucked up. And we're going to talk about that more in a different episode. But that uh, kids still get separated from their parents at the border now to this day, not at the same level, the same volume, but still it still happens. But I wanted to first look at how people even get to the southern border. Um, And when first doing this research, it's 
much easier to find inflammatory news clips and articles about the dangers of the migrants, about it being like MS-13 and like our poor citizens at the border are being menaced. And that doesn't mean that that doesn't exist. Didn't MS-13 start in the U.S.? That I just learned when I was doing research for this. Yeah. It did. Um, It actually started in the U.S. and I didn't know that. It was so close. It's so closely linked to xenophobia about Mexico. Now I just assumed it was from Mexico. Um, But MS-13 was started in the 80s by Salvadorians, actually. Um, People who were living in the U.S. in the 80s. And it's actually a really small gang compared to other gang presences. It accounts for less than 1% of all documented gang activity in the U.S. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're still really fucking scary. Oh, of course. That's I don't not, want to be around them. That's not to say the members don't terrorize and kill. It yeah. Is, it's, a, it's a scary... It's a, it's a fucking drug cartel, essentially, and it's violent. There's, they, they definitely participate in terrorism. My point in this saying, it's actually a very small amount of gang compared to other gangs. It's still big, it's still danger, but the 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 blending of the idea of this gang being a part of the, like the migrant issue is not really fair or relevant. I do think it's fair to say they are dangerous, but also the existence of the gang is used as a political prop to demonize people from below the border. And that's just not the fault of the vast vast majority of people migrating north. There's ample place to criticize the governments of those countries from which these people are fleeing. But just as with any conflict, it's always the citizens who are paying the price. It's never the leaders. It's these people right. who are at the bottom of the le- like the bottom tier of like having any affluence or, you know, resources. It's kind of I was in Puerto Vallarta, which is Mexico, and it's not South America. But even there, I, w- I walked to like a local grocery store, which is random normal people and there were guys all along the grocery store with fucking AK-47s mm-hmm. and then it was just like some you know some like older women just getting some vegetables or whatever they need and just these guys I was just like this is fucking crazy yeah. but that's like normal in some places yeah I mean it gets very normalized because again like in Mexico for example the cartels are at battle with the government a lot and sometimes they work with the government it's like not a good system let's yeah. say that but it's so much beyond mexico too i want to be clear again up front that there are bad and broken people in every kind of group of people and there are certainly dangers from migrants just like there are dangers from fucking grocery store baggers at the local stop and shop and dangers from your fucking health care providers there's always going to be a risk of bad and broken people in places But make no mistake that in order to try to make it to the U.S. border, it is a journey that would turn your fucking hair white. Because you got to go through mountains, through jungles, mm -hmm. through a lot of different terrain. And there's people hiding out in that terrain and they don't want you around. Yes. So it has almost become a cottage industry for villains, (laughs) predators, um, because of how many people are trying to escape on on inconceivable conditions in their own lives. And it most of it mostly involves around violence and, and threat of murder and stuff like that. So they're taking the risk of taking this migrant path is less dangerous physically for them Didn't than stay. staying in their house. Thank you. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So, yeah, the vast, vast majority of people at the border are beyond the point of desperation, that the process alone is so dangerous, so dehumanizing and uncomfortable that the only reason any person would do this would be life or death situations. Like leaving in hospitable environments, knowing they will be showing up to different and varying levels of danger while traveling to and at the border. Just the trip to the border is almost inconceivable. Many arrive via a train called La Bestia, which is like aka the beast. Um, it also is called the train of death. What? It is a train route that runs specifically from like lower middle Mexico up to the border because it it takes supplies to the the border and so it's known to be a place when people are trying to get to the border, they jump it and they ride it. And it is constant. It's a known thing. So if people know that they're trying to escape, they know that the, they have to go to La Bicia to get on this train. Usually while it's running, they jump on it and they have to ride either on the top or they ride in between the, the cars, like on the sides of tra- like train cars. That is so dangerous. Yeah. You could get like... Your leg decapitated, mm-hmm. your legs amputated. Yeah. The, most of those people, there are just young men like wanting to like go do whatever they're going to do. Most of these people are young families or the elderly because they have they they feel like they don't have any choices. And so many people on this route bring their young children. They bring their infants. They bring their like five, six year olds. Channel 4 News, which is a U.K., um, organization did a fantastic and heartbreaking series following a few families on their journey on the La Bestia. One of them uh, was a 20-year-old pregnant woman who at one point had to walk 50 miles to a migrant safe station along the train line. So 
because there are so many people on this pathway, like I said, there's there's a, like not established areas, but there's like known places where there might be food served, like people like do service to people knowing that they're traveling, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So because to get even get on this train, you have to find the right exact moment. If it's going too fast, you can't jump on. If it slows down enough, you might be able to. There are certain spaces where it stops to refuel and stuff like that. And so if you can't catch the train, you have to then walk near the tracks with nothing. Like you have no food, no water, no place to stop. And like the one woman they followed, like I said, was like six, seven months pregnant. And she walked 50 miles um, to get to that station because they missed the train was going too fast when it passed them the first time. Dystopian, like this sounds yeah. like a novel. I would read and be like, "Oh, that's crazy!" Yeah, no way. Yeah, Amber, I I included a picture there um, underneath it. It's the train route of La Bestia. Do you see that? It's black and white. I do. Yeah. So it starts pretty low in There's Mexico. A lot of stops in the beginning, and then it's like around the end. I mean, if you get on at, I'm going to pronounce it Lecheria. And you get off at El Paso. I mean, that's that's yep. a long way. Yeah. Um, and you're basically your goal is to get on when you can. And then you have to stay on basically until it hits the border area. And a lot of people who are making this trek are doing it with the intention of being caught by Border Patrol, because the idea is that if you turn yourself in, there's more of an opportunity for you to like earn your way through I think I it's still very confusing even within me trying to follow the laws which change and also so much of the information about that journey is through word of mouth in the different parts of the country in different parts of South America and so some of it's probably incorrect also oh my god um but yeah so that that journey itself seems like a really harrowing thing to do however even before this treachery of this many people who are just trying to get into mexico in the first place have to endure an impossible hike so there is the migration through this is what we call the darien gap i'm probably not pronouncing that correctly darien Gap, a wild and dangerous jungle between colombia and panama it's about 66 miles long there, I, I included that too, uh, Amber. I see. Sometimes it's easier if you like pull a map up, even if you're listening to this, if you just go to like Google Maps and like put in Darien Gap. Just to see how far. And also, you, I kind of forget how big South America is. I, I was talking on my stream a while ago. I was like, oh, Argentina. I wonder if they're on the same time zone as Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I just thought it all lined up. They're on the same time zone as New York. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, and then it goes so far south too from the United States. Also, yeah. I forget how big Mexico is. I always think about it as the part at the top there, but it goes all the way, you know, all the way down the Panama Canal, basically. Yeah. Um, and that so this Darien Gap is the little stretch of land that connects South America to Mexico, and it's this little skinny like belt. It's before the Panama Canal, if you're heading north, and it is just jungle. It is 66 miles worth of jungle, which 66 miles is a lot. But it's, it sounds maybe in your head like, okay, that's 
a doable amount of miles. No, you can't just walk through a jungle. Right. You've got to have a machete and there's bugs and it, snakes. And cougars, all kinds of stuff. Um, I mean, jaguars. I'm Not cougars, jaguars. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's big, big scary animals. There's also poisonous snakes, poisonous spiders, all through that. But yeah, and it's not just a straight shot. You're not going on a path. There's no path. There are guides, which we'll talk about, but it is like... Mud slides, mountains, like barely on like pathways of like where there's, you know, stuff getting hacked out all the time, but it just grows right back in because it's the fucking jungle. Yeah. Um, and the reason people do that, well, beyond, let's say first, beyond the dangers of just the jungle, there are cartels who rob, enforce tolls and rape regularly along this path because of how known it is that this is a migration point from Colombia. So families from literally all over the world go through this process because of Colombia's more lax immigration laws or Venezuela's more lax immigration laws. And it is the only Colombia is the little section that connects to Mexico and North America. So there is just this one little like inlet and this is like where you get to go. So it's much easier for them to get in South America and through South America than to try to get into Mexico like legally and then try to go north. So this is a no other options. This isn't a like fun, cute little let's sneak in. No, this is sheer desperation. Um this is also, again, another misconception by casual viewers of the border issues, myself included, because I never really followed it as beyond, you know, very basic blurbs. It was just something I didn't know anything about. And again, just like, this is a lot. I don't know. I don't know. So the people coming through Mexico are sometimes Mexicans, but more often than not, they are coming from South America, as well as places as far away as like China. Whoa. So does the like the, the Chinese immigrants, do they like go to South America yeah. to come up? Yes. Yeah. Because it's just easier to get through that way. And then really? try to beg for um, citizenship in North America. Then to just like get into LAX? Yes, because a lot of them are apparently this is only what I'm taking from the Chinese immigrants I saw migrating during this being interviewed. But basically, like where they are in China is really, really bad. Um you know, things are, are declining there and they're not kind of like letting the world know about it. No, it's so, very secret. And so I think to come from China, you can't just kind of like roll into LAX, especially if you're impoverished and stuff like that. I don't think it, it works like that. And again, I'm not an expert on any of that, but I know the Chinese immigrants I was watching go through this obviously didn't choose to do it this way for right. like no reason. You know what I mean? And I'm sure there's a big language barrier. Oh yeah, like the one guy who was um, with one of those, you know, little caravans going through spoke only Mandarin. He was the only Chinese person on the on the route with the, the group. That's got to be terrifying. You don't yeah. know the language. You're from across the ocean. Yeah. And then I guess, do you even know how long you have to go after this? Because I bet to get from China to South America is already. Uh, a story in and of itself. Yeah. And then do you really know how far it's going to be? I don't know. I don't know what they think going in, but what I did it see, watch with that specific person that I'm talking about, um, he 
they, he was accepted within the group. And that is one of the things that you do really when you watch the actual people going through this. It, it does humanize them in such a way where they are just like normal ass people. They're just families and stuff. And they're all just trying to help each other, like get through the jungle and not be murdered. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's not just people from Mexico and it's not even just South Americans. It's from other countries as well. Um, it's fair, and it, it is fair to say that many of them know it's going to be pretty terrible. Yeah, I think even if you're coming in with a huge language barrier, y- you're very aware of like how bad it's going to be. Um, and then we're just here, Natalie, just like drinking tap water. La yeah. la la. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you, Amber? <laughs> oh, no, beat me, Natalie. <laughs> I do think that it, you are allowed to ha- find peace and joy and happiness in your life. Just I think it's helpful for us to keep perspective sometimes. Okay, and to like, and that's just how I feel. And you know, we can't necessarily just fix it. It's a very, very complex issue that involves a lot of multi-country communication. But to put it into perspective sometimes, and also to look at those people as human beings and not a nuisance, mm. because I think that's how they're looked at a lot in the news here. Like, ugh, what a ugh. We don't, we can't, uh, ew, I can't do that. And you're just like, you don't, you've never known a moment day of suffering. Like, if you have that kind of attitude, I know that there are people who have immigrated legally who do criticize this as well. And I, I will talk about that also. But um, th- these are people who are just like you and I. We could be in that situation at any point, And they're not doing this to be annoying, you know. I think that's how some people view it. It's hard to not underestimate how far away the Darien Gap is from America. Like we were just saying, it is a really, really long trip just to get to the southern border. Um, and its perils and risks are just the start of a trek that's so such a huge percentage of people don't even survive. So the, if you are coming from South America or, you know, got to South America and then started this journey through South America, you're going through the Darien Gap. First, and then if you make it far enough, you might end up on La Bestia, which is its own set of its own peril. Um, so also, you like there, there's pretty good documentarians following some of these caravans and really hearing the stories of like where the people came from. And to, in case you don't really understand like how bad. It is like listen to this woman who's being interviewed. She's walking through this undeveloped. You know, the Darien Gap, miles of jungle, and she's being interviewed amidst a caravan of other migrants and refugees. Everyone here is chasing a dream, and some are running from nightmares too. King Bay fled the civil war in Cameroon. I am a refugee because I'm coming from a war-torn zone, and my life is in danger every minute. Every minute I, I fear the threat of death and torture. My chances are better of surviving here and making it. Even if I'm raped, I might not die from the rape. I know it's bad, it's dangerous, yeah, but it's better than death. Yeah, it's better than dying. Did you want to do it for yourself, for your, for your daughter? For, yes. For Why? Yeah. Tell me. Because if I'm safe, she's going to be safe. If I have a future, she has a future. So that's why. It's a big, it's a... I'm just saying, you know, the the matter of fact way she says I might not die from the rape 
just like her her existence is so, she's so used to that just survival mode at all times and, and her saying being in this jungle it's taking safer. this trek is safer than where she just came from so those are the kind of people who are on this track this this journey and like man you watch some of these with some of these little kids it makes it'll make you it'll break your fucking heart man i'm tearing up the the couple of those kids they are so filled with like happiness and hope because they don't understand it's like a game and these little sweet like big eye just like smiling talking to the documentarians being like my daddy's gonna build us a pool when we get to miami like these little kids and just it's it's inhuman what they they have to go through it's not fair it's not fucking fair and there's no i'm not like saying you know it's this person's fault it's this person's fault it's a problem that is so vast it's just unfair you look at it and you're just like there's no reason this kid has should have to be doing this and that's why i think a lot of people don't like looking at this or talking about it and you know it's difficult for us to talk about it like in the beginning we're like we're not experts but it's good to at least look because this isn't like you said one person it's a system of networks. It's yeah. many different governments that are failing. Mm-hmm. Many different people, many different people put into positions of power that are corrupt. Yeah. That are failing these people. Yes. And like, like, why are they even wanting to leave? Like, tell me more about this war torn country. What totally. the fuck happened over there? I do. Can actually, we fix this? I do actually really want to talk about some of the issues with some of the countries that have the most migrants on this pathway. Probably not today, but because that sounds like. The immigration is like to me kind of a band aid on the wound. Oh yeah. Why are they escaping? Like what? How? If it's so bad, yeah. That being in a jungle with cartel and she's just kind of flippantly saying, "If I get raped, I might survive." Where? How bad is it? Where you're coming from? Mm-hmm. Is there a way we can fix it that doesn't involve quote unquote freedom? You know? Oh yeah. No, I agree, and I, I think that that's something we should definitely talk about on the, one of the next episodes coming up because I agree that this. The the frustration that some people get about migrant caravans and all this shit are not looking at, like, how much victims these people are. That they're not the bad guys. That they are fucking victims. They're just trying to escape. They're just trying to live. And, and so many of those people, just like this woman, are so used to the violence that, yeah, we should be looking at what other countries and believe me that's not like nobody's ever thought of that idea before it's right. not like we just came up with it but we just did natalie did you ever did you guys ever try fixing the other things did you guys ever try peace and love come oh my on. god come on <laughs> um but i think it's good for us to understand it and know it's not like we can fix it today but i think knowledge is is power and the more people like know about this and understand it i think the less people can become apathetic to it. And that's one of the big problems with this kind of issue is people become apathetic. They just can't. It's too much. Yeah. You just lay down and you're like, I don't know. But like knowing about it and caring and doing your tiny little bit of whatever does make a big difference ultimately if people all care, you know, so it's just good to talk about it. Um, It's kind of wild that even through these dot, like these different documentaries I've been watching, even though this, jungle is just like this wild landscape of people just like in the worst situations these cartels are terrifying and unsafe and they still have this sort of cottage market on these routes there's very specific routes that have to be taken with guides and stuff and it's just like through this most dystopian terrifying experience i can imagine 
They don't have pathways or bathrooms or food, but the cartels give out color-coded wristbands based on the day you traveled showing that you paid. Like it's a music festival. So the like, people have kids who are like dying of like fevers and stuff, but they're wearing like purple wristbands you'd see at like fucking Warped Tour. Oh my God. Because you have to like pay to get pay past a certain, yeah, they have to get certain, past certain points you have to be able to pay or they won't let you through. So the cartel are literally like, like trolls. Yeah. Just paying the troll toll. Yeah. That's the, and that's the, I hate that. I know. And it's also the I least, I hate that so much, Natalie. It's like the least wor- bad thing they do. But still, like, fuck them. Like, yeah. these people have nothing. They're mm-hmm. trying to, and you're just like, gotta pay me money. And then what happens if they don't pay? They, they die? They, it's up to, basically, I watched one of the guys say it's whatever God tells them that they, they want to do that day. Man, fuck them. So sometimes, fuck them. Sometimes they die. Sometimes they just get th- sent away. Sometimes they get trafficked into servitude, like that kind of thing. Fuck. So. And like, what does the money even go to? Like, what do they do, the cartel, with all this money? Just more guns? Guns and probably drug, like, drug Nothing to help the people. Nothing to help anybody. It's just like, me, me, me. I got to get my dick hard and my rocks off. Um, Fuck. I know. I'm like, I know. So mad. We love the cartels. <laughs> no, I, I love hate them. them. No, they're great. Please don't let us be killed. Um, I don't I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I don't like you guys. I don't stay away from me. Um, How about you get sober? OK, I Fucking think improve your life. Maybe I think that it's probably I imagine it's like very much more complicated than that. And there probably are a lot of people who don't want to be in the cartels who are there. And have stuck. To be. I think that there's probably like many things. Some really evil people oh, yeah, controlling probably, the vast majority of them. They probably take you as a child and like kill your whole family. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you come join me. Or you die in the in the swamps. Yeah, I, I do think that there's plenty of people who operate within the cartels who don't have any choice, for sure. Um, but yes, I think that there definitely are evil people who are doing things inside the cartels. I'm not trying to like be like, maybe they're not that bad. Uh, <laughs> they obviously are. Um, but I think thanks in part to the U.S.'s media that there's this misconception that not cartels, but the people migrating that. These people are just selfish or are trying to come to America because they just want to be TikTok stars. <laughs> you know, they're they're you remember the old South Park. They ticker derbs. They ticker derbs. Oh, I don't I haven't seen. I, haven't, I don't really watch a lot of TV. I'm sorry, Natalie. I should. How dare you? I'm sorry. Um, that's an old one. That's an old. That's probably from like 2007 or something. Um, but basically, it's like a guy who's mad about immigration but like doesn't really understand it so he's saying they took our jobs they took our jobs oh right okay um meanwhile these people go through a journey that you probably couldn't even mentally process all all while much of the time if they survive they're denied entry after all of it so so where do they go go they have to go they back get, they get deported no back yeah. to square one mm-hmm. yeah um, no. Yeah. Uh, and and during the zero tolerance policy era, many times the families were separated by they, they would take the minors, keep them at the border and send the parents back with other kids. And that was not what they wanted. They uh, it was a form of punishment. Do you think it was punishment or do you think yes. it was like, we don't know if these kids are actually yours? No, it was literally Trump openly said it's zero tolerance policy. This is what happens if you come. We're taking your children. <laughs> um. It's it's just blatantly. Do the kids get to be raised in America? They usually stay in detention centers for months or I don't mean sometimes they don't know what happens to them. Really? Yes. They just like live in the detention center? Yes. 
And there's just some people like no social security number, just like chilling yeah. in, a, in a detention center their whole life. I don't know about their whole life. Sometimes they end up getting to go back to their home country with their parents. But we'll get into that whole part when we get to the border. That's a big, long, very scary. Because that's like a whole swath of missing people. Yeah. Just like sure. ghosts walking among us. I don't want to call them ghosts, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no, we don't know who you are. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to laugh. It's a horrible, but... Um, so, yeah, through this, and I'm not saying you got to be like, I'm sorry for my life and I apologize for my Americanism. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying try to have a little bit of empathy towards this idea of like they are coming in a, through a thing you could never even wrap your mind around doing. No, I couldn't do it. Um, so another mi- misconception contributed to the U.S. media, I think, is that these are somehow less than human people somehow so othered that they don't have lives and careers and families. But on these migration trails, you'll come across teachers, people who have like nursing degrees, college students, like people who just had lives and their their existence became so life threatening that they are like, we're going to try this. Let's just try this Um, because of like the way that in in, like corrupt state in places that like kind of go in and out of democracy and have like corrupt government. Sometimes it really swings wildly about how safe they are. And then it'll be like, okay, for a while. Yeah. Like you, Afghanistan in right, the 70s. Right. They were right, going so to like, libraries and miniskirts, Natalie. Right. People were like wearing bell bottoms and crop tops. And then suddenly it was just like, boom, over. And so that happens a lot in other countries. And so like you'll you'll have people who are just like chilling, going to school. And suddenly their families are being shot in the street. And they're just like, I guess we're going to leave. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, 
we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Yeah, so a bunch, I I am grateful. I know that it's still sort of like misery tourism in a way, but I do think it does help when there are big companies like Vice has done this where they, they travel along the route with the, the, the migrants. And so there's a lot of those out there. If you want to watch any of them, a lot of them are only 20 or so minutes long. It's really um it's really impactful and it really gets gets you to understand a little bit about what's happening. Do they feed them at least or help them or is it just like, nah, ha, ha, ha. I, I honestly, it's it's really tricky in those situations because you you usually, I'm sure that they do give them water and stuff, but you usually can't be traveling with like a UNICEF's worth of care supplies. And so while they aren't going to just like let somebody like die, they can't right. really completely... There's no 7-Eleven around the corner no. where you can just like pop in and get like a, a Rolo or something. No. And and also people who do this work are in peril. They're in danger as well. Like th- this is no joke. They don't have like they can't go back to like base camp. They're on the, the fucking route with the group. Um, so there's one that CNN, uh, CNN did that, just, that followed a route just a half a year ago. There were sections of it. Um some of which were after days of struggle. So they were getting through this this gap. They were going they days of it, getting through all of this stuff, suffering, hurting themselves, getting sick, starving. And then cartels would show up um, and would attack. And they would attack and, and kill. And they would rape and kill. And the bodies would be left unattended there. Oh, so, I mean, that's going to lead, I don't mean to sound gross, but if you have a lot of human, that's a lot of disease and sickness. Yeah. Unfortunately, because those bodies were left behind, there's a very specific point towards the end of all of this where cartels would attack because it was a very vulnerable position where people were coming out of the forest and they were able to like ambush. So the people who were coming out, there were the bodies were already left behind. So there, if the cartels aren't there... That's great, but they're walking through rotting corpses, oh. just like left by also the Panamanian government uh, because they got reported, but n- nobody from the government showed up to like remove the bodies or anything. So, Horror movie. It, I mean, f- it 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 looks like fucking, you know, cannibal holocaust. Like, yeah. it's horrifying. And again, like you don't know who they are, so like, what are you gonna put a grave? What what's the name on the stone? I mean, at that point too, the bodies are so decomposed, you can't even touch them. Like. There was a, a clip of one of the men walking past the bodies and started throwing up because of the smell. Yeah. And it was very clear that those were not natural deaths. They were people who were murdered and raped and, like, just left in the pathway. Oh, my God. I hate it. Yeah. And kids, kids of course, have to see this. But many of them are already leaving homes where they likely had already seen dead bodies. Yeah. Um, after those who survive make make it through those treacherous 66 miles, they have another 3,000 to go to get to the southernmost U.S. border. Fuck. So you go like you walk past the most horrible thing you've seen in a while. Yeah. All you, these dead bodies. You make it out of the jungle. And then you have 3,000 more miles to go. So th- basically, once you get out of the jungle, the next thing that happens is there's boats and 
you usually have to pay a fee and you can get on the boats and they take you to another place that's like slightly it's not really any better but once you get to those places where the boats leave you off there's some limited government assistance and there's some unicef presence so it looks essentially like help kind of but it like it's that kind where it, it's like you know after the hurricane where it's just like white tents are set up and they like here's some stuff here's some water we can't do anything else for you kind of thing and once you get past those there is outer lands i don't know what else to call them there are like shanties set up that are not safe but it's where buses come to pick people up if you can pay and a lot of times by the time people get to these they've already been robbed they've already run out of money and they didn't have like a there's no like contingency plan because when you're doing this you know something you know somewhat about what's going to happen but you don't know what all is going to happen you don't know exactly how much money you're going to need yeah. you don't know if you're going to be robbed and so sometimes people do have the money still to get on these buses which then take them to like a little bit more of a city but a lot of times when people get to these shanties that are more cartel run they don't have the money and so they're trafficked into servitude there sometimes though oh my God. if they get out Sometimes those people who are migrating from, from South America, they'll end up staying somewhere in Mexico because most of these people are literally just trying to find somewhere they can have a home that's safe and like a job. Yeah. And so sometimes they figure out a way to make something work somewhere in Mexico. Um, but some of them continue on because they don't know what else to do. Right. It seems like throughout this whole process, there's more people that are just like trying to take advantage of poor people. Like what money? Mm-hmm. I know you want to rob them of their money. What money? Where are they coming from? A war-torn zone? They, they have nothing. And it's repeatedly, give me more, give me more. And then how can I traffic you to make money? Mm-hmm. Well, you know why? It's because the, the, the powers that be, the government figures, don't care about them. They don't care about the people. They, they are treated as like throwaway. Like even by people outside of the U.S., we have a big problem with that because we are one of the wealthiest countries in the world and we still look at impoverished people like that. But even in, you know, in these low in these more corrupt countries, impoverished people desperate for help are seen as a problem, a problem or like, how can I take advantage of you? Yeah. And so if cartels and stuff want to come in and take from them, no one's going to stop them. I just have this visions of like these shanty towns of like young women being like, all right, so now you're going to like lay in this tent. And then just give your body over to whatever male give us the highest bidder. And we'll pretend and we'll say that you can, like, work your way out of it. Mm-hmm. You will never work your way out of it. I mean, You're there till yeah. you die. That's kind of what happens. And it's not – it is obviously sex trafficking, but a lot of it is also, like, there was a guy who was interviewed that said, you know, we didn't – we ran out of money by the time we got to the buses. And they said, if you just work it off, the, we'll get one of these buses to pick you up. And he's like, I've been here for 30 days or whatever. And no. I'm just cleaning toilets now and they, they won't let me – the buses come and they say I can't get on this No, that you'll never get out. So he's just like cleaning toilets in the shanty town now. Um, but God knows – I mean it, it'd be so curious to, to, to speak to somebody in that situation and know if they ever – there must be human con- relationships that build up eventually. Do those people ever find a way out? Do they ever earn enough trust to somebody to sneak away or hide on a bus or like figure out another way out? Like yeah. some of them must. 
I, I, I imagine. This, to me, seems like the most dangerous part of the journey. Well, yeah. I mean, that definitely is one of the most dangerous parts. <laughs> um, there's other dangers ahead, but uh, that is the most, I would call the most prim- like primal. Primal, insidious of like, you get to work and you'll get out. Like, mm-hmm. I, give me a machete and hack my way through a jungle any day. Than just a group of men telling me I got to obey. Well, yeah, that's very for women, especially a very and children, a big, the biggest scary part of it, for sure. Um, And a lot of I mean, most of I will say most women who go through this do not travel alone unless their partners like killed or something, because you have to you you, people know, you know, they know the dangers. So a lot of times it's young families um, or like. They followed one woman who was in her 60s whose, like, children were with her. So they were adult children. It was, like, a couple women and a couple guys. Um, but, yeah, in general, you, you don't want to be in that situation. They want – oh, man. There there was one woman who was a nurse. Um, I want to say in Venezuela. I forget where she was from. She broke her ankle and she had been using, tr- like, tree branches as crutches to the point where it ripped her hands up so much. Mm. And she had given up and all of these other migrants were like with her being like, you have to get up, get up now. Like you can't stay here alone. And she had given up. Like she was just like, I'm not, I can't do it. And they, she refused to get up and they left her in the jungle and they felt they, the people, the documentarians, she, they couldn't convince her to get up. And so they reported her to the police, but they don't know what happened to her, but they just like, she, she refused. She's like, had just given up on I mean life. anything could happen like ants oh yeah you know uh, anything like it uh, and how I, many people had you know that's that's somebody with cameras on them mm-hmm. how many people were like alone I just give up I can't do it anymore yeah. and then it's just darkness I mean there's definitely um it's it's known that whoever starts out on this the the number of them is depleted by the end like that always happens because it's just too hard to get through it. I hate uh, this, Natalie. I'm, I'm, I'm so upset. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Amber, to do this. No, it's okay. I'm just really upset. It's, it's very, okay. very sad. But I do actually really recommend watching some of the documentaries because there is a lot of, like, human fortitude and, like, love and beauty in some of it because these people aren't just all broken. Right. And there is a lot of community. There they show uh, – I forget. It might have been on the Vice documentary. Um, they come across a guy who was left behind. He had oh. a broken foot. And the caravan that comes up, they make a um, – uh, what's it called? Like um, like a gurney? Basically one of like the uh, stretcher. Stretcher, like, that's it. And four men like pick him up and like carry him out of the des- like, out of the jungle. So like there are people who do get out, who do survive, who do find their way to a yeah. better life. Um, and it, it there is a lot of really beautiful like people helping each other. Yeah, you know you're expelling your strength. You're going to need that to climb the mountains yourself. Mm-hmm. And your fact that you're using it to help somebody else that's yeah. And th- you'll see admirable. too a lot of people who do this um, are doing so because of their family needing medical care. Mm-hmm. So a lot of kids who have really serious disabilities. Their governments, their country don't have resources or refuse to give the resources. They hold them hostage. Not that America's that much better, but um, they have. We have at least more resources, and um, 
they take this journey because they're literally trying to get their children health care. And so a lot of these kids can't walk or they have stuff like cerebral palsy, like things like that. They have to they have to take medicine. And you'll see a lot of the other community in the in the caravan helping carry the child who can't walk or who's like sick because a lot of kids get really sick because they're literally like there's no food. Yeah. And they're they already need a lot more food. They're already special needs and they don't have m- more food. But their parents ran out of options. There was a woman whose baby had like a kidney issue and her country basically just said like we don't have anything for you what so she just like took to this fucking migrant caravan just hoping that she could get somewhere who could help her baby um and on top of that you know on these pathways there's thousands hundreds at least sometimes numbers thousands of unaccompanied children found on these Largely because they get separated or their guardian dies or is captured. And so that's an entirely other huge issue. Those children are probably the most unsafe of any kids on earth. And there's not really a we don't have a great um, solution for that. And we don't really handle these kids correctly, as we'll talk about at the border. But so they're on this journey and the hardships continue after that. I'm sure you remember the migrant caravans making the rounds on the US TV over the last few years, which they rarely showed as like a compassionate thing. It was always like, the migrants are coming. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Like these people are coming to like steal your children or something. And it's just, they're always on the news in that way. It's never as like a show of compassion or like, oh, look at these poor people. It's like, it's to rile up a base of people who are already wanted to be mad. And who already who it serves political figures to have this villain of these humans to see them attacking their precious homeland. It's just like seeing them as a nuisance or even sometimes I think they are looked at by some people as insects like this. Oh, this like swarm, these swarm of these people trying to get into our beautiful country. And it's just like trying to have an understanding that that, that could be you tomorrow. It could. That nobody is free from this. You are not better than somebody else because you were born into something that was a lot nicer. What if America, I mean, we just talk about how things flip flop all the time. What if, I don't know, fuck it, next presidential election, it's a boom, boom, hoorah, and it's like civil war. Mm -hmm. If civil war broke out in America, I would be doing the same thing. A hundred percent. I don't know where I'd go. What if you were trying to go up to Canada and when you got there, they were calling you like a fucking insect and t- like st- separating you from your family and being like, fuck you. Trying to get into our con- our fucking Canada, our beautiful <laughs> Canada. You want our maple syrup? No. No. So, yeah, I know that it's not this easy thing. Just let them all in and we'll all dance together. It's obviously much more complicated than that. Because some of them might be the bad guys that are patrolling, taking the money, giving the wristbands. I don't know. Some might. The vast majority of these people are the most vulnerable human beings on Earth. I would believe. Suffering. These are people whose lives, just that migrant caravan walking is almost unthinkable of how hard that is it's mostly people who have the cartels and the money and all that stuff they have fucking tanks they have homes they have money they can also just fly into lax yeah and i hate that it's (laughs) they do that that's how that that's the bad guys they're flying into the airports and i hate that it's like 
this sort of only the strong survive mentality of like, oh, you made it here, get on in. Like it yeah. just feels like a, a a Hunger Games. It is situation that I fucking hate. It is. It is like that. And again, obviously, it's not just like America needs to fix everything. Obviously, this is a, a problem with all of the other countries. But my point in all of this is, these aren't illegals. They're not trying to come take your jobs. They're not coming to like steal your daughters. They. These are vast majority of people who are suffering more than you will ever understand suffering in your entire life. They're not doing this to be annoying. They're doing this being like, I don't know what else to do. I'm alive. And you're just telling me I should fucking walk into the ocean right now. And I don't want to do that. So I'm just trying something like, please help me. Like, that's what most of these people are doing. And yeah, I'm guessing if you are walking 3000 miles, jumping on a train that you really, really need to be somewhere it's not because you're lazy no i mean like the idea i can't wait to go rape these women yeah yeah they're going on a fucking harrowing journey so they can rape americans like no they're not they're not i'm not saying that there are no bad people but there are bad people everywhere there's lots of bad people who are citizens in our country let's trade some of them out why do they get to stay there's lots of bad americans why do these rapists get to stay here you know it's like you can't pick and choose in that way it just doesn't it's not fair and also there's this other it's this it's this like scapegoat to throw their frustrations onto these people instead of the people who are actually causing the problems and that cry of like no illegals why don't you just go through the legal process of immigration and it's just like the sentiment lacks a very real understanding of the pressing nature of survival the reason those people aren't going through legal process of immigration is because they're fucking dying. Like, they're dying. If you want people to enter legally, you need to understand that the governing powers need to be removed. The corruption needs to go. I'm sure they would have loved to have legally immigrated. Yeah. There's no pleasure in what's happening with them. I think it's it's really hard. Like, when I was in Germany and I was meeting some people from, like, Croatia and a little further Eastern Europe they were visiting, they were, like— Really talking about how they need a green card mm-hmm. and they don't know. And these were like clean cut, nice looking guys. Right. And and like that is a process that takes time. They're like, yeah, it's impossible to get a green card to America. I it like, is. Oh, and, and sure. In that in an ideal situation, that'd be great if you entered legally. This is what happens if your house is on fire and somebody's like, well, why are you like, why don't you just. Why don't you just like wait for the fire to go out and then you just like go back in the house? Like, what's your problem? Like, just go find another house that's right. on fire and just like wait, just it's buy another one. Buy another. Yeah, it's probably a civil war in their own country. So that's there are reasons why they're not legally immigrating. It's my my point. Um, there's no perfect solution. Obviously, I'm not giving you any solutions, but to put this on the people who are living in agony and suffering is just ignorant and. It's just like to say, like, oh, you should have immigrated legally. The people dragging their disabled daughter filled in a, through a jungle filled with snakes, jaguars, and rapists, and they're just like, oh, I just, I just need to fill paperwork out. Oh, I'm dumb. My bad. I forgot. I just do that instead. You know, feel angry, but not not at the people who are the most vulnerable of all of us. Isn't that what your fucking Jesus was supposed to be all about? Be like taking your hum whatever the fuck I don't know the Bible yeah. taking your weak your vul 
Amber, you know. I almost said tired, sick, and poor, but that's on the the um, the lady. That's on the lady. That's the on the lady. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Is Jesus the Statue of Liberty? That's right. Um. Yeah, one of the caravans I saw carrying with them this massive crucifix as if to say we come in peace. And I I haven't seen a lot of so-called hardcore Christians showing them an ounce of compassion. Like seeing this caravan holding this huge cross, like shouldn't that move you a little bit to at least like not feel disgust for them? I think a lot of because I know a lot of people that are very, very anti-immigration and I think their lives fucking suck. Um, there's a lot wrong in American mm-hmm. culture. The healthcare, they're probably, they're paying for diabetes medicine mm-hmm. out the ass. They mm-hmm. don't have fresh fruits and vegetables. They mm-hmm. never get out and go walk because we're all full of highways and concrete. And so this magical box says the reason you're feeling this way. And they show you these clips of videos and it's usually of men like throwing stuff and being violent. And they're like, that's why, yeah. that's why you're like this. And then people, they, they can't, they, they just get so angry and it's yeah. like, get them out. And as soon as they're all gone, then I can get my health care. Right. Then I can have like a, a park I can go visit. Right. And that's not the it's case. Not gonna it's not going to happen. Case. That's not going to happen. They're being used as a scapegoat. They are. I mean, there's there's lots of evidence to suggest that some of the poorest states in our country are directly due to um, pilfering money on the government. Yeah. Like Al- millions and Do you know Alabama just had like two um, hospitals solely for pregnant women to give birth i forget what it's called maternity wards yeah they had two of them shut down so there's like whole swaths in alabama this is in america that if you are pregnant you're shit out of luck and they're still probably pushing women to have babies yes so that's and like fun. no sex education no condoms yep well you know um so obviously these kind of issues like i think you're completely correct that it's an easy scapegoat to point to these people and be like, they did it. That's why. Not us. Not us in our fucking $7 million mansions over here in our own state. No, it's these people. Fuck them. And it's just not like that. It's it's a lot more complicated. And um, so I want to next week look at some of the risks of the effort to get through Mexico to the border and then talk about the actual border. And I also, like you were saying, I want to get into some of the corruption of some of the countries who have the biggest influx of people taking this migration plan as a last resort. And as we go further into this, we'll talk a little bit more about the missing women and children. Um, That is a big problem (laughs) right now in probably always. Because they're truly missing. These are people, no one knows their name Mm -hmm. and where they are. Yeah. And they have families who are looking for them. They aren't no. They are people. You know what I mean. Like yeah, but they're they not, are. Yeah. But like they are treated as no one. But they have families. They have mothers and and siblings who are like trying to figure out what happened to them. And there are some organizations we'll talk about. There are a, like you know some positive things, and there are some organizations that are trying to to find people and who do these things to help. Even if they just find bodies and they can do DNA testing on it and stuff, they can. At least give people a resting spot and stuff like that. Closure. So, yeah. Um, so I'm sorry, Amber. <laughs> you know, it's all right. Uh, Ed and I recently did a, um, the other day, a Day of the Dead. Yeah. And um, that was a really heartbreaking episode, too. Really? So, wow, what a week. You're not supposed to be crying on brighter side. <laughs> Ed literally had a, like an audio of his mom being like, Eddie, I love you. I love you, Eddie. Oh, fuck you, Ed. I know. <laughs> and I was like, come on, Eddie. <laughs> 
You son of a bitch. Yeah, it's just dead mom saying yeah. I love you. Well, I guess that's what he wanted to do to everyone that day. <laughs> Didn't want to make them feel happier. He wanted nope. to make them cry. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to cry, I guess. I'm done. I'm done. I want to feel happy. <laughs> I want to feel dead inside. Um, no, I don't ever want to feel dead inside. I want to be saucy, pert, and greasy, and you cannot be dead inside if you are those things. No, you can't. I want to see the sun and frolic. Yeah, be goth, but like also care about shit. I find it annoying when people are like, i dead. Oh, I can't feel shit. Oh, nihilism? Because they, they use it as a... Like, a way for them to be smart. Like, look how smart I am. I hate everything. Because I know how bad it is. It's like, no. You should care about stuff. You, to me, that's like, what's that graph that's um, really dumb and really smart? And then the middle, where most people are, they're actually the dumbest. But like the smart people, the super smart and the super, super dumb are usually kind of similar. Interesting. I don't know what that it's is. It's a graph. It's like a meme. Like the nihilists, they're all in the middle. Where they're like, don't you understand how bleak it is? I'm like, no, I want to. Yes, it is. Also, but- do you? Because I think you're just saying that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever. We love goths, though. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio... And producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.